Poppin' the Christian Bubble. It is now time for the Cultured Christian Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Today's episode is sponsored by, well, no one, because we're still small. But someday, hopefully, by companies like Apple and Amazon. Is it ever okay to recline your seat on an airplane? This is us finale. Warzone finally comes online for Call of Duty. And how often do you clean that cell phone? And finally, is Justin Bieber really a Christian? All this and more on this, the fourth episode of the Cultured Christian Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today, friends. Say, I realized this week that I had basically been preparing for podcasting ever since, well, I was a little boy. You see, a lot of kids growing up, especially boys, uh, were getting into sports, and I instead was getting into recording myself. See, I tried a bunch of different sports. God bless you, Dad. He tried to get me into basically every sport that has ever been created, but I, as you know, still am not much of a sports guy. You won't hear much of that on the podcast. But I remember early on that I stole my sister's tape recorder, just this little, you know, almost handheld tape recorder, and I would go into my room and basically take songs that I liked as a teenager. As I got a little older, I was more into classic rock, you know, The Doors, Led Zeppelin, you know, all these guys, and I would basically create mixtapes. My aunt, I think, was the first one who uh, had passed around mixtapes, you know, some of you young kids don't even understand this concept, but basically you would take just like a radio station, you would have a bunch of different um, artists on one tape, and what was different for me is that I would like to play the DJ, you know, I would be the guy in between the songs, uh, introducing the songs, or having some little funny thing to say, Uh, to get you interested into the song. And I actually looked in my basement. I cannot, for the life of me, find uh, these tapes, which really bummed me out because I think it would be awesome to play some of these old uh, recordings. And so if that's something you guys would like to hear, definitely let me know. Uh, I'm going to continue to look for these um, old mixtapes that I used to record as a boy. Um, But I think it would be cool just for you guys to kind of see that. So how's everybody doing this week, man? Are you guys quarantined? Are you sticking uh, in your home and not going out like uh, we're kind of told to do? Uh, Somebody told me this week that, man, this has got to be a great time to launch a podcast because people have a lot of time now to watch Netflix and listen to podcasts. Uh, I'm not going to say I'm excited about that because it still sucks that there is all of this chaos and things going around. But I just wanted to share here at the start that I think it's another example of an opportunity for us to fight for that messy middle we talked about in episode two. We got to fight going to the extremes, right? Even in this situation, we can be drawn to either extreme, right? Like on the one hand, we have this extreme of kind of, oh, it's overblown. The news is just telling us to Uh, You know, it's all political or it's all this and we can just kind of ignore the fact that this is a reality and there really is a 
coronavirus that's affecting and killing people literally worldwide now. We can kind of go to that extreme of just kind of ignoring it. Or we can go to the other side and absolutely freak out and buy tons of toilet paper and just kind of, you know, stop existing, basically never leaving our homes and, you know, stockpiling water and just like freaking out literally. I just think it's, again, a great opportunity for us to find the messy middle, you know, to find that middle ground between those two extremes. And yeah, we should be listening to what the CDC and what the World Health Organization and what the authorities are telling us to do. But we also shouldn't be freaking out. We also should continue to go about our lives without fear, um, but following those uh, those precautions. So just kind of wanted to share that again as a real life application to that principle of the messy middle. A few weeks back, there was a story of a guy who was uh, poking this lady's chair on an airplane. I forget the uh, specific airline, but it was basically for a week was this kind of viral uh, news story because this lady actually pulled out her cell phone and basically, you know, put it out into the aisle. And you can see this guy tapping consistently her seat back because she had decided to recline. And what I found interesting about the article was when I went there, I forget what the headline said of the specific article that I saw at the time, um, but I immediately was frustrated with the woman uh, because she reclined her seat, right? And it's one of those topics that depending on who you talk to, depending on what article you read, um, everybody has a different opinion as to who's the villain in the story, right? Like people have this kind of polarized view of who's the villain, the guy poking the seat. He is such a jerk. I can't believe he's touching her seat. Get his hand off. You know, who is he? Get his hands off her seat. And then there's people like me. If you've ever been on an airplane, I'm just kind of like, yeah, I understand your seat can recline, but I really don't want you reclining back into my lap. <laughs> you know, everybody kind of understands this unspoken code that you don't recline your seats on an airplane. Like they are, the, there's no room. And if we're doing anything, especially if you're trying to, you know, work on a laptop or write uh, or even have a beverage on the tray table that if somebody reclines like that basically knocks over whatever is on your your tray table and so i just wondered from your perspective is the guy who's tapping her seat the villain or is the woman who's upset and reclining refusing to pull her seat up even after he you know talked to her apparently and I think there was even a flight attendant involved who's the villain in this story again I'd love for your interaction by commenting wherever you find this post uh, particularly on our Facebook page or our Reddit page but who's the villain uh, in this story is there ever a time when you should recline your seat on an airplane. I think it's one of the more fundamental questions of our time. You know, it's one of these philosophical things we've got to figure out as a society. All right, switching gears to TV. How many of you guys still watch television? Obviously, most of us, I don't think, watch via antenna. Maybe a few of you do. Uh, you're probably watching some app-based, whether it's Roku or Apple TV. Do you still watch something that's live and then maybe record it? 
there's really only a handful of shows that I'm doing that with these days, and I want to share with you those three today. The first one, which we won't talk about, um, just don't really want to go there today, uh, is Shark Tank. I uh, regularly watch Shark Tank. It's kind of in my weekly flow to watch it on a Saturday morning while I eat breakfast and kind of get going. Um, just have always been interested in uh, that show. Uh, and then another one that I record weekly is The Walking Dead. In fact, The Walking Dead is literally why I paid for uh, a streaming service. I use YouTube TV. Uh, at the time, it was a little bit cheaper than actually using cable. And just as a side note, any of you in the Detroit area, if you want to get in on my plan... I'm not saying that I can, but just message me. There might be a way that we can share it. Hint, hint. Uh, but anyways, uh, The Walking Dead, I, man, I was like late to the show. I started watching it in season two. Um, but of course, I went back and watched the first season on Netflix. But man, once I got in, I loved The Walking Dead. And notice I'm saying it in past tense. Um, I mean, the first five seasons, man, I was driving to someone's house. We were basically having watch parties, a few of us. It was something we watched live and tweeted about and was super excited about. Heck, I even watched a show about the show, which is crazy when you think about it. They have a show called um, The Talking Dead, which comes on after it. And it's literally an hour of talking about the last episode. Like That shows you how popular of a show this was. But lately now, in season 10... Um, I'm finding it harder and harder to watch. Like, I kind of feel like the show has jumped the shark and I'm kind of joining a bunch of my friends who lost interest in the last three seasons. And uh, a lot of the main characters have stopped and dropped out. They basically killed them off. I just wonder, are you guys still watching The Walking Dead? Um, I just feel like every time I watch it now, why am I still watching this? I, I may just stop. I mean, it's just one of those one of those things. Uh, and really the only other show that I record on the weekly basis and try to watch is the show This Is Us. Have you guys been watching This Is Us? I kind of laugh because, again, I was late to the party, um, but it was one of those shows that because so many people that I respect or friends that I know had been talking about it in the first season, I was like, all right, I'll give this a try. But I thought This Is Us was kind of like, I don't know, a soap opera or kind of like a something for women, not really like a male show, a masculine show, which maybe is a whole nother podcast. Um, but I just really wasn't interested in it basically because of the commercials that I saw. But once I saw the first episode, I was immediately drawn in. Any of you who haven't seen it, highly recommend you go back to season one and check it out. Uh, the first season by far, I think is the best. Um, and one of the things that drew me in was I'm the same age as the three kind of the show kind of follows three uh, kids, if you will, three uh, siblings. Uh, they're all the same age and it literally starts at their birthday. And so it's kind of been interesting because I follow the same age timeline of the movie of the main characters. But I have to say, it's one of those shows that I love and hate at the same time. And what I mean by that is I love it because the writing is so well done. 
And it really hits at some of these themes that every human being can relate with, right? It, it kind of sandwiches the past with the present, and it talks about how our parents in our childhood greatly influenced the decisions that we're making in the present, the emotions that we experience, the anxiety that we have, um, the addictions, the things that we wrestle with, the demons that we wrestle with. And so I don't know if you guys are still into the show, but man, I really like it. And um, it's coming to the season finale this week. I I haven't watched the season finale yet. I want to get this podcast out, but it's kind of coming to an end here. And I don't want to ever spoil things. If I ever do, I would give you a spoiler alert because I know a lot of people watch things in the past. But just from this last week's episode, man, it really focused on the relationship of Kevin and Randall the most and kind of how they got into this huge conflict with caring for their mother. And I find it very interesting because you always tend to relate with a character in a show. And I find just in the last season, last two seasons, I relate most with Randall and Kevin. Like there are aspects of Kevin's life, again, him being single, him not really ever uh, finding a wife and wrestling through addiction, wrestling through uh, different things in his life. I relate with that. I relate with Kevin's character. Um, But I also relate with Randall. I think Randall is a really awesome guy, but man, he has a lot of control issues. He has a lot of uh, stress that he puts on himself and anxiety and wanting to be a great husband, a great dad, a great congressman. Um, I, again, can relate to all of those pressures often put on uh, by myself. And so I loved um, watching This Is Us this year. And I think the greatest thing about the show, again, is that it kind of brings us to humanity, reminds us of how much we need and love each other, especially when it comes to those family relationships. Um, Really, the thing that I hate that I struggle with in the show is sometimes it sets the ideal a little too high, right? Like it's kind of like you you end the episode by feeling a little depressed because you're like, dang, my relationship with my sister or my relationship with my parents aren't like that. You know, you kind of wish it was like that. You know how TV can make it seem like everything's great and everything's this beautiful um, story. Not that they never go into the the junk in the relationships, but they also kind of. It's like Jack as a character, you know, someone at my work said it best. They said everybody would be a great husband like Jack if they had a team of writers putting words in his mouth. Like we all look at Jack and we're like, oh, my gosh, he is such an incredible dad and an amazingly romantic husband. And it's like I'm over here thinking, is there anybody on earth like Jack? Like he just seems like such an idealized uh, character. And, um, and yet again, that's, you know, that's Hollywood. We're always going to have characters that we look to and kind of strive to be like, and then there's going to be characters that we're just kind of like, eh, I don't want to, uh, be like that guy. Check out This Is Us this week. Their finale season finale is, uh, coming up for the third season. In addition to TV, of course, I watch, you know, Netflix and Amazon Prime and, And one of the things I've been watching recently is Star Trek The Next Generation. Now, that is definitely nerding out. I fully submit there's probably only a few of you listening that have ever seen Star Trek or of any any version. There's many, actually, versions of Star Trek. But I saw that it was on 
Amazon Prime and I really didn't have anything to watch one day. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to check out season one of the uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. 25 episodes. That is insane in and of itself. Back in the day, they had that many episodes uh, uh, in a season. But I'll tell you why I like it. It's space. I'm a huge space junkie. I like anything in outer space. I think science fiction has easily become my favorite genre uh, of movie. And the other thing that connects me with Star Trek The Next Generation is my grandfather. It's a show that we used to watch together weekly. I used to go over to his house. He used to babysit my sister and I, and I used to watch it with him. So it's just one of those, like, when I'm watching it, I'm reminded of my grandfather, who, by the way, as of tomorrow, as I'm recording this, uh, passed away two years ago from Alzheimer's disease. And so it's just one of those timely things to remember uh, someone who meant so much to me. How many of our listeners out there are video gamers? It's one of those topics that, especially as you get into your adult years, can be somewhat controversial. A lot of people who are adults think that, ah, you shouldn't be playing video games. That's kind of like what little boys do. But for me, I view it like any other entertainment. You know, at the end of the day, after a long day at work and going to the gym and making dinner, one of the things my friends and I do is we log on and we play a video game together. It's never been more social than it is today. With the internet, you can literally play with people around the world. With your headsets on, a lot of times we just talk about life. We talk about our families. We talk about things that are going on. And so for me, it's a big stress reliever. It's kind of a a way to end the day. And I enjoy it. So don't knock it unless you've tried it. Uh, And in video game news this week, uh, Warzone finally came out for the Modern Warfare, Call of Duty Modern Warfare game. And I have to say, I have been playing it and enjoy it a ton. It is, for those of you who know about Fortnite, maybe your kids or you have played Fortnite, uh, it's kind of like Fortnite and Call of Duty had a baby. All right, we're not going to get into sex ed, but it's basically like those two games came together and created a whole new game. And it's got the battle royale, kind of the circle is in closing, but it's put a lot of new elements. It's put a lot of polish, I would say, into the Fortnite idea of battle royale. And so it's got enough of the old concept of battle royale. And it puts some new elements in there to keep it fresh and new and different. And so if you haven't checked it out yet, uh, Warzone is definitely something that you should check out. Give it a try. If you're a PS4 gamer, I would love to add you. I would love to play uh, that game or any other game on the PS4. And this fall, PS5 is going to be coming out, but that'll be a later a later discussion. But yeah, for those of you gaming, would love to join up with you and uh, play some games sometime. Now, before I transition into talking about tech, I just want to share a little uh, insight here. I've got some feedback from some of my previous episodes about the transition music being a little weird. In fact, somebody shared that they thought the podcast was over when I started the music for the transition. Someone else shared that it sounded too much like a news show or something. So I'm going to try to move away from those, but I just want to share with you that as I've listened to other podcasts, when it comes to transitions, uh, usually it happens in other podcasts with a sponsor. 
And because I don't have any sponsors, it makes it hard to transition from topic to topic or from section to section. And so, again, I'm open to your feedback. Those of you who have done podcasts, those of you who think you have an idea, but I am thinking about uh, how to better transition without the music. So I'm responding to your feedback, which is hopefully encouraging for you. Um, But also... I'd love to have sponsors, even at this size, even in this scope. It'd be great to start to coop, recoup some of the funds uh, for the monthly cost of hosting this podcast online. And then obviously there's some cost of the microphones and different equipment things that I need. And as I think to expanding and moving forward, there will be cost there as well. So if any of you have an idea on sponsors for this little old podcast, uh, let me know or maybe some ideas on how to better transition. This week in tech, I have an update for you. In week two, I talked about folding phones. Remember, we discussed the new Razer phone, and there was actually a Samsung version of that phone that also came out. But I wanted to share an update with you that I found kind of funny. Uh, It's a $1,500 phone. Again, remember, this is a foldable, full-screen phone, which, you know, for some of us is kind of a cool throwback to when we were, you know, had clamshell phones. But... The problem is, is they did testing. CNET has this report. I'll share the link in our show notes of how they tried to fold this phone a hundred thousand times, which is basically what Motorola claimed you could fold this phone because obviously you're going to be folding it a lot, right? Putting in your pocket, putting it in your purse, that sort of thing. And so they had this machine fold it. They were planning on folding it a hundred thousand times and the thing broke at to 28,000 um, folds. So this thing is not ready for uh, prime time, and I can't recommend that you get the Motorola phone. Not that any of you are rushing out to buy it with that $1,500 price tag, but it looks like Samsung and Motorola have a long ways to go before they can really make these foldable phones a thing. How often do you clean that phone of yours? We all have these smartphones. It's likely you're listening to this podcast on one. But I wonder, how often should we be cleaning our phones? If if you're like me, I clean my phone probably two or three times a week. I found out years ago that I could use lens cleaner, like the stuff you use to clean your eyeglasses with. I just buy those in bulk, and I have them at my desk at work. I have them at home, and whenever my phone gets you know oily or just kind of uh, cloudy or dirty on the screen, I wipe that thing off, and for me, I feel like that does the job. But now with coronavirus and larger, the flu season, there's a lot of articles popping up online about how to clean your phone, like specifically, how should you sanitize your phone? And there's even companies now that are releasing these really expensive devices to use UV rays. Basically, you put your phone in there and it cleans it. One of Apple's guidelines says that using a 70% alcohol wipe or Clorox disinfecting wipes, you may gently wipe the hard, non-porous surfaces of your Apple products, such as the display, the keyboard, or other exterior surfaces. So again, I don't know if you guys are cleaning your phones. I would recommend it, especially during this season and all the stuff that's being passed around. They say that your phone can be one of the most dirty items that you touch on a regular basis. So if you're not one to clean your phone, might be a good time to start. 
Have you guys heard of deep fakes before? Not deep flakes, deep fakes. This is a new phenomenon that's starting to happen in culture, in our world. Technology is kind of taking this in a unique direction. A deep fake is a video manipulated with artificial intelligence to show something that isn't real. Basically, you know, it can be done in a comedic form where it's like taking someone in a movie and putting someone else's face over top of it. And it actually, again, can look really convincing, especially if it's the same ethnicity, the same uh, gender. The person can look like, wow, that's actually so-and-so saying those uh, words. And so I read an article recently on Business Insider that's talking about how these videos are starting to show up everywhere, including most recently on the wildly popular app called TikTok. And I think this raises a lot of different questions as our culture moves forward with deepfakes as a reality. I mean, they can be really funny, but should we be afraid of how they might be used in the future? I mean, it's like this whole fake news thing that we've been hearing about over the last four or five years. Who can trust videos uh, with politicians or with celebrities that, you know, can be faked? It's like the old the old truth was, you know, you can always trust video. It's like if there's video evidence in a criminal case that shows you saying something, that shows you confessing something or doing something, that's pretty much trusted. It's pretty much rock solid. Like that person is guilty. They're going to jail. They did say those things or do those things. But now we're moving into a season um, that can only maybe get worse as to what is real. How can we trust a video from, again, a leader, a politician, a pastor, a celebrity? How can we trust its validity as something that the person actually said? It's just kind of, again, interesting. I'm going to share the link to the article, but if you've never really gone into deepfakes, I would encourage you to start checking them out because I think in five years, this is going to be a really significant problem, a really significant obstacle in our culture. As we move in our final section here on faith, each week we talk about some aspect of faith, and specifically I want to talk about Justin Bieber. Now some of you immediately are like, okay, time for the podcast to end, I'm shutting this off, but I really hope you'll stick with me here. And I have to say that my thoughts on Justin Bieber have kind of been like a U-shaped, meaning like I started off again as a youth pastor years ago uh, being a fan just because I kind of had to with all of the teen girls in my student ministry and my nieces at the time kind of had to be at least aware of what was happening with Justin Bieber and the story of kind of how he started out, kind of the first YouTube star, if you will, that just played an instrument you know, had that little teen face and was singing into a camera and became literally famous from that. Like that's kind of a, a neat story, a unique story of someone who was genuinely found for their talent on YouTube and over time became this multi-million dollar uh, musician. And you may disagree with me, but I always felt like he had talent. You know, there's a lot of singers with auto-tune or with, you know, different technology 
maybe they look good. Maybe they have a cute face or whatever kind of body, right? And people are interested in following that, but don't really have a good singing voice or aren't really good at playing a particular instrument. They can be made famous. I always felt like Justin Bieber actually had a good voice, some would say, especially in the early years, sounded like a female. That's a fair joke. <laughs> That's a fair uh, comment. Then, you know, kind of the bottom of the U-shape of my opinions on him came when years ago, you know, he started to be a little bit rebellious and with his fame started showing up in these videos, doing all sorts of crazy things as some rich celebrity really disrespectful and rude and doing drugs and all sorts of, you know, women and all the typical kind of celebrity stuff in quotes here. I'm saying that a young star can be uh, drawn into. And so obviously I wasn't a fan in those few years. Uh, but as of late, I've come around and I've seen a different Bieber. And if you've been following his story, especially those of us who are Christians here on the Cultured Christian Podcast, it's been really encouraging to see him vocally on interviews, on his social media, talking about his relationship with Jesus. And there was an article on churchleaders.com that uh, addressed this particular topic back on February 20th. And it kind of was clickbaity, just like I said at the beginning of the podcast. It started with this question of, is Justin Bieber Christian? I don't know if you wrestle with that, if, you know, maybe because he's a celebrity or, you know, like Kanye, you just kind of think of him differently. Like, yeah, I don't know if he's really uh, a Christian. Well, I want to kind of point to this interview and also something that I heard on his social media, and then we'll kind of close out with a, uh, a thought from the Bible. But here's, an, here's a quote from him directly from uh, this interview. He says, the turning point came for Bieber when he just looked at, in quotes, the character of Jesus. He said, I took a really deep dive into my faith, to be honest. He came to see clearly that following Jesus was actually turning away from sin. There's no faith without obedience. And this is going on in the article. It says, at the same time, the singer said he knows that the right motivation for obedience is recognizing just how much God loves us. God is not judgmental, he said, but accepts us for who we are and loves us through our pain and through our dirt. Jesus wasn't the religious elite guy. He was in the dirt, and he found me in my dirt and pulled me out. That, to me, is just, again, so, so profound. And there's another article in People, people.com where it talks about Justin Bieber uh, surprising a fan with a $100,000 check for uh, mental health advocacy. And there's so many stories, again, if you just Google it, how he is living out his faith by giving back to different fans, different organizations, being very charitable. His latest album, I would recommend you check out the song Intentions. It is an incredible song, but again, also has really good lyrics and a really good uh, message. But what I want to leave you with is late one night, I was sitting on the couch. I do follow um, Justin on my 
my Instagram. I encourage you to, and here's why. Uh, he shared in his stories, a lot of times it's very promotional based, which can get annoying, like, check out my new album, here's my new album. But it was really sweet that I was sitting, it was probably 1.30 at night, just sitting on my couch, and popped up on my phone was this notification that Justin Bieber is live on Instagram. And I'm like, what? At 1.30 at night. And so I pull it out, I click on this link, and I go to this live video, and now I'm watching Justin, I assume in the basement of his mansion, and he's sitting at a uh, piano, just him alone in a basement playing a piano, which again, thinking just with technology and culture is so... I think amazing that we have this direct connection with celebrities. I mean, there can be downsides for sure, but I think just thinking back 10, 15, 20 years ago, like we never had this kind of intimate, direct connection with celebrities. And so anyways, he gets on there and he starts playing the piano. But what was unique about it was that he was worshiping Jesus. He was singing his own song to God live on Instagram. And I'm watching, you know, 20, 30, 40,000 people, like people are just sharing this thing. And it's just all these people are commenting how they're encouraged and thanks for doing this. Um, and for me, that's maybe another, I've been thinking about another podcast uh, where we talk about Christians who are celebrities. You know, obviously Kanye is another one who's recently come to fame for being a Christian doing all sorts of things. I think that would be another podcast topic. But I want to share with you, I actually saved the um, live stream video that he did where he was worshiping. And if you didn't get a chance to check it, I just wanted to play it for you here. I hope it comes through sound-wise good. I'm just literally going to hold my phone up to the mic. So let me try this out. Again, whatever your thoughts about Justin Bieber, the focus here, the place I want to go as we kind of wrap this thing up is a conversation I had with a friend about Justin Bieber. See, as a youth pastor, one of the things that I wrestled with is, you know, I bring the word of God every week when I was a youth pastor. I shared a message Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, basically 50 weeks a year, right? And one of the things that always challenged me uh, that frankly frustrated me is whenever there was like a Christian band or like even going to summer camp or winter camp, you'd go there and there would be like this cool, hip Christian, basically celebrity, right? Who'd be on the stage and they'd get up there and they would literally say the same thing that I've said weekly or, you know, over and over again to my youth. And because they were a celebrity, because they were on that platform, there was just something about it that the kids would respond to. And they would come back from camp or they'd come back from the concert and they would just say, I'm on fire. I'm excited about my faith. I am interested in Jesus now because of blank, you know, because of whatever they said on the stage. And we can be frustrated with that. We can be upset with that. And I'm not saying youth pastors, our messages don't have an ultimate value. But here's the point. Someone like Justin Bieber gets on late night and 
worships God on his Instagram, and literally hundreds of millions of people, when you think about his Instagram and his Twitter, are hearing the name of Jesus Christ, are actually seeing a testimony, are seeing someone whose life has been changed by Jesus. That is far more than I will ever have in my lifetime by probably tenfold. Probably every person listening to this podcast, I think this is a conservative estimate, right? It's anecdotal. But whoever will listen to this podcast, if you factor in our influence, the amount of people that we'll have access to that can share Jesus with people, in just one of his posts, he can literally do a lifetime worth of what you and I can. That level of influence can be used for good or for bad. We've seen, as I've talked about, he's used it for bad. He acknowledges that now. But he's also using his voice to do good and to draw people, to point people to Jesus. And that's ultimately what Jesus told his disciples to do, what he's called all of us to do. And so I want to end with this scripture verse. It comes from Matthew chapter 5 verses 13 through 16. Jesus speaking to his disciples, he says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This passage, Jesus saying, you are the light of the world. That you is whether or not you're a person with great influence, you're a celebrity, you're a politician, you're a leader of leaders, you're a pastor, or you're a janitor, a student, a son, a daughter, you're whatever situation you're in, Christ is speaking to you. If you follow Jesus, if you're a disciple, a, a, a Jesus believer, this passage speaks to us. And it's challenging us to share our faith. It's challenging us kind of like our our creed, our vision as a podcast talks about to be in but not of this world. Part of being in the world is we are called to be light in a dark world. You and I are called to share the light of Jesus in whatever situation we find ourselves in, whether we have a little bit of influence or a ton of influence, whether we're managers or employees, whatever we are, rich or poor, fat or thin, active or inactive, whatever situation we find ourselves in life, we are called to be the light of the world, a light on a hill. That's what God is calling us to do. And so I hope that encourages you today that whatever you're going through, whatever's going on in your life, that you can still be a person of influence, a person who shares Jesus. And let's be that kind of people, both here on the podcast, but also in whatever situation of life we find ourselves in. As we wrap up today, I want to ask for you to review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Now, I normally wouldn't care about reviews, frankly, 
But the reason why is I learned that the algorithm of Apple, basically the more reviews I have, the more likely that people are going to be able to find the podcast, people that normally wouldn't have heard about it. And so if you'd take a minute, if you're on Apple, most of you listen through Apple, uh, an Apple device, an iPhone or iPad, uh, would you go over to Apple Podcasts and rate this podcast? I would greatly appreciate that. We hope you enjoyed this and all of our episodes at the Cultured Christian Podcast. Please join the conversation on our Reddit. Also like and share us on our Facebook page. Lastly, if you have feedback or topic ideas, email us at culturedchristians at gmail.com or share them via text or voicemail at 810-207-5717. We'll see you all in the next one.